uh, reading this article today about this uh, guy who's in prison, this black man who basically, who sued the prison system, who sued the prison because like the blankets, the covers and blankets they was giving them, he was allergic to the fabric of it. And he yeah. asked for a different blanket and they wouldn't even give him another blanket. So he ended up suing them. And rather than just giving him a blanket, they spent over $200,000 on this lawsuit. I, actually, I think I'm probably got it wrong. It was probably like $2 million actually, but they spent hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars to fight the case rather than just give him a probably would, would have cost $10 to give him a blanket. That's wild. Yeah, I heard about another, I think it was a class action lawsuit where prisoners, I forget the state, but they're suing the prison over not turning on the heat. I mean, not not turning on the AC and just letting it be hot in the prison. That's wild, bro. Like making like, them the point? Like See, and that's the kind of shit that they make it harder on the person. They're going to make the person more of a brutal person, more mm-hmm. angry, more violent and all that. Then, of course, people relapse and go back to prison because it made prison prison is supposed is supposed to make you like damn i made a mistake i'm never doing that again i'm a better person you should be able to get a degree in there learn a trade and then our prisons wouldn't be so packed but obviously they're packed for a reason they want it to be packed because it's more money like private prisons should be illegal we should mm-hmm. not have private prisons like that's wild that we have private prisons that's Bro, these pri- pri- go to prison in Sweden. Prison in Sweden might be better than for a homeless person here. Like you probably rather be in prison there than be homeless here. I mean, a lot of a lot of people here would rather be in prison than be homeless. <laughs> That's why they go to prison. That, but that is true. You get three meals. I mean, the meals might be trash, but at least you're getting trash food is better than no food. True. But I'm but you'd much rather be in prison in Sweden than homeless here. Like. It's just crazy, bro. This country is fucking... The world is fucking trash, bro. Well, let's hope it all ends soon. Huh? Cheers. That the world will end soon? What the... Or the trash is? Oh, my God. <laughs> let's hope the world is end soon. This, this shit is horrible. What's um, what's dating like, bro? At your age and where you live? What is dating like? Yeah, because I mean, I've lived there, so I have my own experiences, but what, how would, I would you? I wouldn't know because I don't date. I just chill with people. Okay, well, how? what are you, 26? Yeah. 26. Do you want to get married? I like the idea of it, but I just don't know if it's feasible. What do you mean? I feel like healthy marriages are so rare, it's not even worth pursuing. Damn, that's a... I know that's really pessimistic, but that's, that's just dark. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> that's dark, man. Oh my gosh. Why do you think, why do you think, like, a healthy marriage is not feasible, though? I just think they're too rare and, you know, few and far between. I mean, there's a lot of people that's been married for 20, 30, 40 years, though. That doesn't mean they don't have issues. I was expecting you to say that. Because it's, I mean, but every, any relationship, I mean, you don't have to get married. You'll have issues, though. Wait, say that Like, you don't have to get married. You can be in a relationship with somebody and still have issues, though. Like, issues are going to happen no matter what, though. I don't do relationships either. 
I feel like you only saying that now because you're in your mid twenties. I feel like by 29, 30, those opinions, or not even just that, if you get into a different city, those opinions can change as well. Like, like I said, I've been in that city as well. First of all, it's hard to meet somebody in Tallahassee though. It is. Like, it's it's weird. Like after, now I'm living in Atlanta, and then when I was in Tallahassee and thinking about the differences. It's so much easier, of course, to meet someone here, but it's like dating is exhausting, though. It's tiring mm-hmm. because you're just going on all these dates and you go on dates, you meet somebody who's kind of cool, but there was really nothing there. It's not organic. Like when you get on dating sites, yeah, like, it's so like, I'm mean, especially because I live in Atlanta. So, like, low key, I'm a unicorn in Atlanta because I'm a black man, I'm straight. I don't live with my parents. I don't have a roommate. I have a career. I make a pretty good salary. I have a good and credit. You should have a lot of options available to you. So no, I do have a lot of options, but just because you have a lot of options don't mean that those options are for you. Like I've I've dated a whole lot and met all the different types of women that Atlanta has to offer. You meet, you go on dates with the hood chick, you go on dates with the chick that's from the hood, but that's not hood. You go on date with the ratchet chick. You go on date with the um, with the businesswoman who is a uh, who's on social media. She posts the inspirational thoughts every day on Instagram or whatever. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, bro. That like to be like those are for me from my experience. Anyways, that has been the worst one for me because those women end up being the most judgmental women. Like the women that I've met, the women that I've met that like work in the corporate world work in marketing or advertising or in healthcare or something, they just in the corporate world, but they're like kind of big on social media in a sense. They have a large following. They get a lot of likes on their Instagram. They post like videos of them giving advice every day or something like that. They'll be kind of cool, but they're judgmental. Like mm-hmm. I had, I went on a date with a chick and we was talking about like our favorite foods or something. It was something about foods or whatever. And I was going down the list and I named, we was naming like several, not just one food, two food. We was naming like, like our favorite brunch foods. And then like, what, what makes our brunch complete? What's our favorite weekday food? Just all that kind of stuff. And of course, one of them, I was like, oh, chicken wing. Oh, we was talking about what's a food that you could eat every day and not get tired of it. And I was like, chicken, like, cause you can eat chicken in so many different ways. But I said, even if I'm just eating chicken wings, it can be baked wings. I'm not getting tired of that shit. I can eat that seven days a week. And she was like, that's so basic. Such a typical answer. And I'm like, oh, bitch, who doesn't <laughs> love chicken wings? Unless you're a vegetarian, everybody loves chicken wings. Every, an, an American, Americans, it don't matter what race or ethnicity you are, what culture you're from. Niggas love, when I say niggas, I mean niggas of every race, love <laughs> some chicken wings. But she was like so judgmental about me loving chicken wings and stuff. It was just so. I, it turned. It was a what big. Was, what was her answer to that question? Do you remember? Oh, she was naming like, I love kombucha. I'm like, no, it's not. She, was not. Like, she was naming like definitely like, I mean, it was like good foods, but she was naming definitely. You could tell she was like really naming foods that people don't eat on a regular. It felt like she was trying to be different than the regular yeah. black person like it was be like classy or sophisticated yeah like if she had this aura about her like 
I'm a little bit better than the regular black person type of thing. And that just, it was a huge turnoff and I really didn't like that. So I've dated those women. Then I've dated the just regular women that's like me, have a nice career like me, makes a decent salary, enjoys life, travels, whatever. But still it just, unfortunately, it just, we wasn't meant for each other or anything like that. So dating turns into, you just keep going on these days, going on these dates and spending money. And it's like, I'd rather just go out with my friends because I know if I spend money with my friends, I'm going to have a good time with them at least. This person, we don't know each other. So, of course, you don't know if you're going to have a good time. So, it just turns into, it felt like I was wasting my time and money on those dates. So, I fell back from dating because, yeah. so yeah, in Atlanta, I have a lot, it's a lot of options. Especially at this age, you turn 33, women at my age ain't playing around. They are not playing around. They're straightforward. They're transparent. They're going to let you know what they want. If it's a woman. Well, see, I like that. Like, I can't wait to get to that age so I can meet people. Oh, like yeah. That. It's, it's dope. No, it's dope. I like that. But it just sucks when it ends up being a woman that y'all just don't match well together. Mm-hmm. That's what sucks about it. But yeah, women my age, I love women my age. That's why I don't understand a man who's my age. No, I definitely don't understand a man who's 40 dating a 22-year-old because at working at a at a university, these little young hoes get on my damn nerves. Like they, because and it, even the mature ones, they don't understand. They got a lot to learn. It's like like young people. Period. But we're talking about women right now. Mm-hmm. But it's like they don't understand. Like they have a lot to learn, and I don't have time to be trying to teach them and all of that. Like, and I've also realized being around young women, the they straight up just look at you as someone to protect them and they'll look at you in a sense it's like yeah they might look at you as a romantic partner but you're also kind of like a father figure or big brother figure to them so you can be a romantic partner but also what you say i said that's weird yeah yeah it is weird because and what i guess when i say that they're looking for a lot women are looking for a man that for protection type of thing but these women like the young chicks are really looking like they look at you like he's got everything together and older women, older people know, period, none of us have it all together because life is fucking hard. Mm-hmm. But a 22-year-old woman thinks that a man who's 35, oh, he's really got it together. He's doing this. Like, they just assume you got money and that you got money to spend. And they look at you for advice mm-hmm. and just all of that. And then also, even with younger women, I tell people this all the time. I'm like, yeah, I never would make a move on younger women. Because you they you don't know if they're looking up to you or how they look at you or whatever. And they might be too scared to be like, no, I'm good and all that. So they'll feel pressured into, well, he made a move. I guess I got to do this. Mm-hmm. An older woman's going to be like, no, nigga, I'm good. <laughs> all right, I'm good. So you don't end up in those gray areas most of the time with uh, older women, though. So, which I think is dope. But social media also makes everything fucking confusing. So true. Whatever. So dating's weird, bro. Speaking I, of fun yeah. fact, I just I always gotta bring this up when people talk about it because it's so weird to me. Did you know? Hold on, let me get the details right. So I'm gonna look it up real quick. Okay. What's this about? It's about Seinfeld. Okay, this is a little random. You know who Seinfeld is, right? Yes, nigga. <laughs> yes, we know who Seinfeld is. He's you know who Seinfeld is though, bro. So, 
when Seinfeld was on air, I think Jerry Seinfeld was like 35 and he was dating a girl who was 17 in high school. I think ain't that the woman he's married to? Nah, I don't think they're married. Uh, I thought that's the woman he's been married to now. Mm, no, I don't think so. So Seinfeld started in 1989. And in 1989, dang, Jerry Seinfeld was 35. He was 39 at the time he was dating her. And she was 17. That's wild as hell that... Like, I wouldn't even want to do that, bro. Like, what the fuck does me and a 17-year-old have to talk about? I wonder what we talk about. Say what? I wonder what they did talk about. Bro, I wonder how long they dated. That's the even crazier part. Like, what did they, like, how did they meet? How did they even meet, bro? Like, that's wild as hell. I'm going to find this. Her name was Shoshana. (laughs) She's a fashion designer now. That's wild, bro. What the fuck did they even? As they met in Central Park. Like, was she jogging and he said something to her? I wonder, like, did she lie about her age and he thought she was 24 or something at the time? And they dated for four years. Oh, wow. Bro, they even dated for four whole years. That's, but that's crazy. There's nothing that I have in common with a 17-year-old. I, what are we going to talk about? Like, even with some of my students who are 21, 22, and they be talking about, no, first of all, there's even a bigger gap now. So I was watching the Dave Chappelle comedy special. Did you watch Dave Chappelle? I didn't see it yet, no. So I just watched that like an hour and a half ago and it was hilarious. But I was listening to that and just thinking about all the people who are offended and mad and stuff. And I'm thinking like the younger generation, they're offended at everything. Like they think everything has to be political and you got to take a stance with everything and nothing can just be, it's just funny. Sometimes it's just funny. Everything has to have a point behind it or whatever. And so I can't date somebody like that, that every like, you know me, I be saying some wild stuff. And I don't think it's wild, but from the reaction of certain people, it seems wild. So I couldn't date somebody from this generation. So what? When we were growing up, everything wasn't political, but now it is. Like, they're growing up in a world where everything is political. Yes. Every, like, I was talking to one of my students. We was talking about, like, our favorite shows to watch. And I said, oh, I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You familiar with Brooklyn Nine-Nine, right? Yeah. And for everybody that's listening, listening, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is basically a sitcom about some people who work at a, a for the police station in Brooklyn, the 99th Precinct. And it's not a serious show, whatever. They're goofy. It's funny. They might talk about kind of serious issues, but they'll make it in still an entertaining and funny manner. And they never take themselves too serious. And I'm like, sometimes there's just this, you know, those shows that you just put on to fall asleep to sometimes. So you have sound in the background. And one of my students, I love her. She's great. She's a dope little white girl, a 21-year-old little white girl. And she's like, oh, I cannot watch that. That show, they're trying to paint police officers like they're trying to help everybody and we know how police officers are i've heard and I said, yeah and i'm like girl it's a sitcom sometimes yeah. like and sometimes i'll agree with you sometimes i won't but it's just a show this time y'all it's just a show it's not that serious it's not making a political statement it's just a fucking show and i told her i said look there was a time when i was growing up when celebrities used to shut the fuck up 
celebrities didn't have to have a strong opinion on every matter. And we didn't think that every, uh, I didn't have to, I didn't look at my celeb, my favorite celebrities as like, man, I'm, I got to believe what they believe in. It was actually a better time when we didn't know what they was talking about. Cause now when you heard their opinion on shit, you're like, damn, I don't fuck with this nigga. That's no what more. I was saying during the um the protests two summers ago. It's like everyone tried to pressure all these celebrities into saying stuff. And when they did, they sounded stupid. And I'm like, well, <laughs> this is what you wanted, right? You wanted them to say something. Right. And now when you hear their opinion, you're like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And you're like, bro, well, first you ask them to talk. And now you want them to shut the hell up. And then you don't want to buy their album or go see their movie. All of a sudden, it's like. That's why, see, that's why Beyonce don't never talk. When did exactly. we ever hear Beyonce say, Jay-Z and Beyonce don't say, I said this on a previous podcast, but it's worth saying again. We don't know what the fuck is going on with Beyonce and Jay-Z. Well, no, see, there have been a couple times where Jay-Z sort of like crossed that line. And, now and that's why he don't out. be saying nothing. <laughs> that's why he don't say shit. He's like, damn, I thought I was just trying to help y'all out. And yeah. fuck y'all. So I'm just going to not say nothing. But he, they're always doing stuff out here and we just don't know what they're doing. So, and that's why I always say about Kanye. I'm like, it's well, before, when Kanye stopped doing interviews and we never heard him speak, everybody was fucking with him. But then he started doing interviews again. And now, like, look what didn't happen. The only time he should talk should be over a beat. That's the only time Kanye yeah, makes yeah. sense when it's over a beat. If he's rapping, it's cool and all that. But that nigga got to shut the fuck up, bro. But I think it's like when someone is really talented at something, a lot of people mistakenly believe that they're just smart overall or that right. they have expertise in things that they really don't. <laughs> right. The same why, And that's why celebrities will run for uh, political positions. That's why you have Arnold Schwarzenegger becoming the California governor, why Donald Trump was able to become the president and shit. Like, they think that just because they, like, Look at it like this, like P. Diddy, he's in what, five different, six, seven, eight different types of industries or whatever, owning different teams and alcohol brands and music and clothing and all that. And then, of course, a regular human, you're going to get a huge ass ego when it comes to that type of stuff, though. It's like Kanye always said, um, how do you, uh, what do you say? How do you stay humble when you stunting on a jumbotron? Yeah. And, it, and I get like, I feel like that's probably human nature where you'll get that feeling like, shit, I can do anything. I'm a, I'm a genius in this one thing. So then I can be a genius in five different things. And the world don't work. You remember back when everyone wanted The Rock to run for president? Yes, I remember that. And they're like, he shoot, he'd be a good president. He went on some talk show. I think it was The Tonight Show. And he was asked about that. And he was like, I have no political experience. So like, I have no plans of doing that. <laughs> But they think because you're really successful in this one thing. And is The Rock even really that good of an actor? Like, I don't even know who's great actors anymore because anyone, if you're good looking enough. and I think, I think The Rock is great in the types of movies he makes. He's And that's why he's smart and he sticks to the type of movies that he yeah. makes. Yeah, you're right. He don't be trying to get out here and do all this other shit. I will like, say, go ahead. He's an action ahead. movie star. Like he doesn't make dramas and stuff like that. Like Bruce Willis back in the day, he was a, yeah. he's an action star. Like Vin Diesel knows I'm gonna just keep making these Fast and Furious movies because I'm gonna make some money and people like that. I'm, Vin Diesel's like, look, I ain't about to go out here and try to make fences with Denzel. Right. And, <laughs> imagine Vin Diesel trying to make fences, bro. 
That's well, but on an, on another side of that though, I will say Kevin Hart's movies where he's not doing all that extra comedy shit. I be like when he's got doing when he's a little bit more like subtle and low key. I like him like that. Like there's a a, a kind of a I won't call it low budget, but for lack of a better phrasing right now, we'll call it low budget. It's a movie called Thirty Five and Ticket, and it's got like Megan Good and a lot of different like black actors that we would know in. Are you about to Google it? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Yeah, Thirty Five and Ticket. And it's a really enjoyable movie. And he's not outlandish and yelling and running around and shit. I yeah. like him like that. Like, I, I enjoy him like that. I think with the comedy movies, he started becoming like a, a character of himself. Yeah. Like, he was like, oh, is this what they want? And he started do, being too much. It's, also, it's like with ESPN. Like, you know Stephen A. Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Stephen A. Smith, he's gotten louder and louder over the years. But, but that's what people watch him for, and he right, started. He's, he tried he's to playing a character. But when I watch him in an interview, or even Max Kellerman, who was on First Take with him, when I watched him in interviews on different shows, like Max Kellerman was on Deezus and Merrill, Stephen A. Smith was on The Breakfast Club, and all of that, I enjoy them so much more on those type of um on those type of shows than on ESPN. Like I barely even watch. I, there's only probably two or three shows I can watch on ESPN because these motherfuckers realize, oh, people like us like this when I'm yelling and and just arguing yeah. and yelling over our uh, yelling over people, and so they become characters of themselves. They just become a, a actual character that's nothing like them, and I think a lot of people don't realize that they are just playing a character. Even Skip Bayless is doing that shit now. Like he knew my bread and butter is being an asshole and clowning LeBron and he would clown LeBron for fucking nothing. Yeah. I just can't get with that shit. So yeah, like Kevin Hart, um, you know that movie, did you Google it? Yeah, I'm looking at um, Kevin Hart's um, filmography and I think all his best movies are before 2013 when he became a superstar. What do you consider his best movies then? Uh, so Paper Soldiers is definitely up there. His very first movie. I love it. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen it in a long time, to be fair, but I remember when I like grew up watching it, I loved it. Do you remember how you felt when you watched it, though? Yeah. Um, his He had like a small part in 40-Year-Old Virgin, but I think that's one of his funny... Hey, that's one of his best roles, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was good in the scary movies. Um, scary movie three and four. Remember he popped... Did you see Along Came Polly? He popped up in that. I don't remember him in that. I think I've seen it, but I just don't remember his part. Death at a Funeral, Little Flock, Little Fockers. Yeah, see, he had a small part in Death at a Funeral, too, but he was good in that. Yep. 35 and Ticking, he was good. I enjoyed that. All his comedy specials was better before he became the huge movie star as well. Yeah. He was think good so. in, the, in, Think like, in the Think Like a Man. I, I will say, though. I love Central Intelligence with The Rock. Everybody be clowning me for that, but that movie's good, bro. Have you seen it? Yeah, I like Central Intelligence. Yeah, since him and The Rock though have great chemistry, they're good yeah. together. Yeah, they're good together. So yeah, he's not he's not bad in Jumanji, but what annoys me about it is like everyone in Jumanji is acting really well, and he's just playing himself. Oh, okay. And he's trying to. He thinks that's what we, but. And made over a hundred million dollars, so. <laughs> so it's that's like, why it he because, like, have you seen Jumanji? No, I haven't. I need okay, to watch so, it. So in Jumanji, it's like these four teenagers who get transported into a video game, and like the characters that they're playing are different from who they are. So you have these actors like The Rock and um, 
Jack I forget Black, the Jack Black. Black. So they're acting like the teenagers that they are who become these characters. Okay. And so it's really interesting. And like Jack Black, I think, has the best part in that movie because he's acting like a teenage girl because that's the person who got transported into Jack Black's body. Shout out to Jack Black, by the way, because he's a, he's actually a very dope entertainer and actor. Just yes, he can do it all. But Kevin yeah. Hart is just playing Kevin Hart, which doesn't make sense <laughs> because the teenager who became him is nothing like Kevin Hart. <laughs> that's hilarious. And somehow, like, that's where he's like, but I feel like he kind of slowed down and with the movies and stuff. And he started doing like owning his own like comedy channel and doing all this other stuff. Like, what's his comedy channel? Uh, he's got his own network. It's called, um, it's some heart, some heartbeat productions and something, something comedy. He does his own comedy channel. It might be more of like a internet comedy network or something. Oh, okay. I'm not totally sure. I'm a Kevin Hart fan though, but I'm, I'm, this like we was talking about generations and the new era and stuff. They also think that if you don't like one thing about a celebrity or a person, you can't like anything about them. You can't yeah. just, you have to hate the entire person or love the entire person. I'm like, that's not what life is though. Yeah. Like it's like your favorite art, like Jay Z, favorite rapper of all time, obviously. That doesn't mean I like every single song that he does mm-hmm. or single album or whatever like I tell that's you the problem I'm, with stands too it's like if you say oh anything gosh. bad about their favorite artists like they want to kill you it's like I don't dislike this artist I just have a criticism of them right it's just like when I say like for me I, I don't see like the greatness of Frank Ocean I like Frank Ocean I think he's pretty dope but when people act like he's like the greatest artist the greatest singer I, I understand He's written a lot of music for people, produced, like, that's dope. Shout out to that. But when they talk about his albums and stuff, I'm like, I like them, but I don't think that they're classics. And people, when I say that, they're like, he's a he's writing music. I said, we're not talking about the writing music and all that. I'm literally yeah. talking about him as just being a solo artist. <laughs> and I think that the love that he gets for that, or the high regard, I don't want to say the love, but the high regard that he gets as a solo individual artist, I don't get it. And I'm not saying that I think he sucks. I'm just saying I don't understand why people think that he is such a, like to me, he's not better than The Dream. The Dream has released more and better solo music than Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean, maybe, maybe I got to think about it. I don't know if I agree with you there. Say the dream. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to say that. So, so I, take that, I take that back, y'all. I take that back. <laughs> but I just don't understand why people act like he's changed music and that he's the greatest R&B artist. Well, let me ask you something. The people who really love Frank Ocean, how old are they? Oh, it's, it's different. Like, there's people from that are 25 up to 40. I've seen okay. basically not, not like the even not like the 19, 20 year olds. Um, there's people from my age group and higher that think he that like I saw Mark Wahlberg I mean not Mark Wahlberg Matt Damon he was saying in an interview that Frank Ocean's music changed his life and I'm like what how why like <laughs> and I get it like depending yeah, on what you're going through by the time Frank Ocean came out right this right Frank Ocean came out in like 2009 or 10 or some shit like yeah. so this is what's well but I get it like music is different for everybody depending on where you are in your life 
what you're going through, a certain certain people's music is just gonna fucking be there for you and be dope as hell. Like Kanye yeah. came out when I was in fucking, I think a sophomore year in high school, and he came out talking about people thought I was lame or gay or a joke because I was wearing pink or wearing a polo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, bro, that's me. Yeah, I feel you. So of course he's Kanye, even still today, even though he's fucking a lunatic and Kanye Kardashian and all that shit. I cannot act like that music that I grew up on up through up until um up until Jesus. Who's my yeah, favorite? Cool. He was he was that shit. And that's why I see where it takes the um where the it changes for age groups. The young folk love Jesus and life of Pablo Kanye. The people in my age group, right when it got to Jesus, we was done with that nigga. We was like, what the fuck is this? Like we stopped at like my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. That's where, and I think the my beautiful dark twisted fantasy is the one album that all age groups of Kanye fans can agree on. That's the one that connects all Kanye fans. I have a hot take on that album. It's a great album, right? I don't think it's a good album for Kanye, but it's a great album musically. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? Yeah, like production-wise, I think it's his best work production-wise, but his rapping starts to fall off on the album, which is why I don't like it as much. Yes, that is that. And so when I hear people like Chris Rock said, that's one of the five greatest albums of all time. And all these people talking about that's Kanye's best album. And I'm, I'm over here thinking like, that's not even my top three favorite Kanye albums. That's, oh. it, was, it was a cool album. If that was anybody else's album, probably, that would have been such a fucking classic and everything. Like, imagine if the baby dropped that album. If the baby dropped My Beautiful Dark Twisted yeah. Fantasy, he would be regarded as one of the greatest rappers of the last 10 years. But Here's the thing about that album, though. It's like my favorite songs on that album, Kanye is my least favorite part of them. Like, hey, on, hold on. on, huh. on no, listen, I just said I might agree. Like, on Devil in a New Dress, sometimes I feel like just skipping Kanye's verse and starting at the guitar solo that goes into Rock's <laughs> verse. And first um, of all, the, the beat is a, the production, the beat is fucking beautiful. And but Rick yeah. Ross, Rick Ross, Rash, that beat that's one of the best verses of all time, in my opinion. It's Me one too. of the best verses, yes. Okay, so and I agree with you on that all, one. He has the weakest verse on Soul Paul, but it's a great song. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who's your favorite verse on Soul Paul? Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Sahai is my favorite That's verse. I, I was going to say the same thing. Pusha T is a close second. I almost said Pusha T. You know but... how, so you know how Sahai, like he, obviously he was always recording verses with Kanye and all that, but Beyonce told Kanye, it's like, you have to put his verse on that song. Like, like she was like, Sahai's my favorite new rapper right now. And that's why his verse ended up on her because Beyonce told Kanye, quit fucking playing and put that on the album. Yeah, Loki, I feel bad for Sahai because I feel like he should be way more popular than he is. To me, Sahai should be regarded with like Wale. He should yeah, be right there yeah. like with Wale to be on Big Crit. He should be right up there. It should be Big Crit, Sahai, Wale all together. And somehow Big Crit or and Sahai aren't. But Sahai also has made a lot of money where because he writes a lot with Kanye, mm-hmm. he did so to keep keep your thought where we was going. But Saha has said in his interviews when people talk about Kanye has all these co-writers on his song and all these people that are always helping him write. And Saha said it's not even like that. He said if you're in a studio with Kanye and he says 
something like we should have put the wings on the grill. You could say, you should actually say it like this. You should put the wings on the grill and make it high pitched. And he's like, that's good. And he's going to give you a credit for that, which is actually dope as hell. So he said, yeah. so that, that's actually pretty cool. So it's not that he's having all these people helping him write his songs, but he said Kanye doesn't give a fuck about who's getting credit for writing. He just cares about making dope music. That's all he cares about. Is he, it sounds like he wants to put people on, which is why he gives them all that credit. Yeah, so which is, that's a really, uh, that's really dope though. But, but I will say probably maybe my favorite verse from My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is between Rick Ross and then Nikki and Jay-Z on Monster. Both of them have fire verses on Monster. You think Jay-Z's verse is comparable to Nikki's on Monster? I'm not, no, I think Nikki's is bet is better. But I mm-hmm. think Jay-Z's verse was dope also. But I don't think that it's like if I say it's like Nikki gets five stars and then Jay-Z, I give him about four, three and a half to four stars yeah. on. I, I thought it was dope. I, I thought because like Jay-Z, he his bar is set so high though. So when he says some regular stuff, we're like, man, this is trash. And sometimes a lot of times Jay-Z's worst verse is better than the best rapper that's out at the time, a lot of times. So Sure. But you don't totally agree with me, but that's what <laughs> I mean, the only part of Jay-Z's verse I actually remember is is like the opening when he's naming all the different monsters. That was the cool part. And then I don't remember what he said after that. Oh, I love I, I can rap that word for word and stuff. So I love that. So, but the stand like monster was a standout, so appalled was a standout. All of the light now, all of the lights though. That's all of the lights. I'll put that up there and probably my Top 10 favorite, maybe top. I, I, what are your top five Kanye songs? All right, let's do that. What's Wait, your period. top five? Huh? Period? Yeah, if you had to do your top five Kanye songs. Ooh. Or you can do, or you can do your top song from each album if that's easier. And I'll help you. We'll start out with the Kanye. Yeah, I'm gonna have to pull up the um song, the song listings from each album. Yeah, so go ahead, ahead and all right. So we're gonna take a little, we're gonna take a break. Uh, everybody and then we're gonna come back we're gonna come back to uh to this to talk about our favorite song from each Kanye album so hopefully y'all interested in this shit and we'll be back I'm in college dropout not graduation let me I'm okay all right we're back Talking about our favorite song from each Kanye album. And I'll start because I think uh, Dr. Clark is still looking. Yeah, go ahead. You start. My favorite song from College Dropout. And this is because I connect like memories to it. This this album came out, I think I was a maybe a senior in college, I think. Because I think it came out in it came out in February 04. So it came out my what year is that? That was my sophomore year. But damn, I was listening to this all the way through high school. That's crazy. You said it came, out, it came out in February 2004. So okay. I was 16, I was 16 years old and I was uh, about to start working at Kroger. And I would be outside with my big ass Disman, my CD player, putting it in my pocket, pushing grocery carts in the cold ass weather or the heat. And I will always listen to spaceships, to spaceships. And I would listen to that like crazy. So it's kind of hard because when I first heard Through the Wire, Through the Wire kind of changed my life, to be honest. 
that's I first heard through the wire and I was just like, this shit is magical. What the fuck is this? This is the most beautiful shit I've ever heard. And Kanye was the first rapper I could relate to. Jay-Z was my favorite rapper, but I couldn't relate to Jay-Z and what he was talking about. I could actually relate. It felt like, damn, I'm not a hood-ass nigga. So I finally got a rapper that I really love and I can connect to. So between Through the Wire and Spaceship, it is a tie for me, bro. But his my favorite verse was from Last Call. When he was like, uh, mayonnaise color bands, I push miracle wheels. That's and all one that. of my favorite lines from Kanye. Uh, yes, that's one of his oh, best Actually, lines. I talked about my favorite line on another episode. I think the last one we did where he says, um, is that a black card? Why, yes, but I prefer the term African-American, African-American Express. American Express. Yeah, yeah, bro, like, last call is one of the top five, top three Kanye verses probably. But, so that's my favorite verse from the album. But my favorite songs are Spaceships and Through the Wire. And I just got to flip a coin for which day we talking about. But that's an album you can play straight through. You ain't got to skip no tracks. Yep. All right. So what's your favorite song from College Dropout? My single favorite song? Or you can do, like I said, I said it's a tie between Spaceships and, you know. Okay. So Through the Wire is definitely up there. I think after Through the Wire... I'd probably have to say slow jams. Bruh, right. It's what because you know it's a classic because you can still play that album today and still yeah. just act like it just came out a couple months ago. So if we're doing top five from this album, I'd say through the wire, slow jams, last call, never let me down. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z killed mm-hmm. that. I'll say that. And Jesus walks, yeah. And Jesus walks, yeah. Yeah, that album was, bruh, he changed the game with that shit. Because be, until that time, we didn't think a producer rapper could actually make a fire album. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody thought it had to be like how Dr. Dre would do or DJ Khaled and all that. But Kanye, well, that so, was- so I was, I, so I know you hate when I do this. I was nine when uh, this album came out. I was in fourth oh, grade. So, is- like, people my age, we didn't know Kanye was a producer before this album came out. We knew yeah, him sure. as a rapper first, and then later on, we realized that he produced all these other songs. So you heard, you knew him as a rapper first? Yes. Yeah. See, my age group, we was in high school, we knew he was the producer. Like, you knew he had productions on, on the Blueprint and all the Rockefeller albums and all of that. And then he was producing for Ludacris and Talib Kweli and Mm-hmm. All of that, though. So, moving on to Late Registration. What's the three songs you picking from Late Registration? Like... Drive Slow, drive slow Hands Down. Work. Hey, Paul Wall killed that shit, too, though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. When I was a youngin, I was one of those. I was like, uppity. I was like, man, these Southern rappers don't rap. I listen to the music, but they can't rap for real. Mm-hmm. And then when I would actually listen to them, I'm like... They just rapping different, but it's still dope. And when I heard Paul Wall on Drive Slow, I'm like, this motherfucker, this is fucking, this is dope as hell, bro. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna do an unpopular pick because I'm not choosing Gold Digger. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna choose Roses, secondly, oh. and We Major. Oh, bro, We Major, yes. We Major, you got the Nas verse on there too. I think that's an underrated Nas verse too. I agree. No one ever would talk about that shit, right? What well, Nas's whole being persona career is underrated. Well, like, depending he, on who you ask. 
definitely depends. But if you ask like the popular crowd, the popular, yeah, 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 yeah. like unless you got to be a hip hop head to truly like only hip hop heads really show Nas the love he deserves and all that. But I think about I have it as a trivia question. One of my games about this, but he didn't win his first Grammy until 2021. Yeah. With uh, Hit Boy. So mm-hmm. like that's wild to really think about. But you know, Nas is kind of like the like the Charles Barkley of uh hip hop in a sense where because he was in the same era as people like Jay-Z, but he was great as hell. But like Jay-Z was like a Michael Jordan of his time though. So he just ran into Jay-Z year after year. So of course he wasn't yeah. gonna get the love that he truly deserved from the masses or whatever. So like in basketball, only the true basketball heads, only the true hoop heads know Charles Barkley was a motherfucking monster. Like he was, in today's game, Charles Barkley would definitely be one of the top five players in the NBA probably. I mean, he was a 6'4", 6'5", dude, averaging 12, 13, 14 rebounds a game and could take it on a fast break from hoop to hoop and dunk on your ass. Like he was a monster. But um, I will say also another one of my favorite verses from Kanye's on late registration, Bring Me Down with Brandy. When he, what did he say? He said, uh, oh, what's that verse when he's like, uh, on Bring Me Home, on um, Bring Me Down? He's like, hating, fa- what do you say? Hating father, Mary, hating mother, have hate. Oh, dad. yeah. Um, I, I know what line you're talking about. I just don't remember how it went. But I yeah. remember the last part of it was like, they have hate nice kids. Yeah, like it was something like that. Yeah, <laughs> but he killed it though. Like, and the streams is fire. Oh, I'm about to look it up. I gotta look at it. That shit up. There always, there always will be haters. That's the way it is. Hating niggas, marry hating bitches, and have hater kids. Yeah, like bro, that shit's hard, bro. <laughs> it is. That shit's hard. That's another one of my favorite Kanye lines, and that's from this album. So I love that. I love addiction. But I love Jay-Z's verse on Diamonds from Sierra Leone Remix. Jay-Z killed that shit. He did, the, yeah. The Cameron feature on Gone. Cameron was dope on that feature as well. Um, the last song, Late, that a lot of people forget, the, the sample was dope. That's when Kanye was really, those samples was just fire back Also, then. I think rapping-wise, this is Kanye's best album. This is when he's the most lyrical. Probably, yeah. His first two albums, period, but definitely... Definitely late registration though. Late registration, it depend probably depends on the day you ask me. But late registration, most of the time, is my favorite Kanye album. I remember when late re- late registration came out. It was my that was the one that came out my senior year of high school. Cause it came out in fall 05. It came out, let's see when this shit came out. It came out in yeah, August 2005. So at the beginning of my senior year of high school. That came out, and I remember I got off, got out of school. I used to co-op, which meant I could leave early. And I would go to work because mm. I worked at Kroger. So that meant I was leaving at like twelve o'clock. School was over at two twenty. I would leave at like eleven forty-five or something from school, and I could go to work and be off by three o'clock, be off early, be off by two and three or whatever. But I remember that. I remember that day. I was off of work. Me, my boy Doug who same, like he's a little bit older than me. We sung in a youth choir at my church together. He, me, him, and another one of my friends, I can't remember who it was. We all went to Target. because We was about to go to Walmart, but remember back in the day, Walmart, uh, all their rap albums were censored. Yep, I remember that. Yeah. So we went to, I remember going to Target. We bought late registration, went back to my apartment, 
and went back to uh my house, my well, my mama's house, and went back to the apartment and we listened to a late registration from track one all the way through 21, straight through. And we just ate food, drank some juice, and listened to the entire album in one sitting on whatever afternoon that was, and played the hell. I played the hell out of that album so much until it started scratching. That's how much I played that album. So it's wild when you think about it. Music means something different to you when you were, when you were a teenager, when you like... Yeah, a lot of people say the music that came out when you were in high school or college is always going to be your favorite music. Oh, yeah. That's like Chris Rock has a bit about that. He says, like, the music that comes out, the music that you heard when you first started, like, having sex, when you first yeah, started yeah. dancing with women, when you, your, your earliest best memories, that music is going to mean the world to you for the rest of your life. And that's why my era, like, when it comes to crunk music, like Lil Jon... That was gonna mean a lot to our era, like bro. Look, we was playing Lil John and fucking prom, getting twerked on at prom and shit. So that's gonna mean a lot to us, though. So yeah, what was after? Uh, so then after late registration was. So graduation is hard. Graduation is my all-time favorite Kanye album, and probably like a top three favorite album for me. Period. That came out, I think, my sophomore year of college. Yes, it, it came out September two thousand seven. So how many songs am I choosing from graduation? Three or five? Just three, because it's a shorter album. Okay. So my three. All I know is I gotta pick I Wonder and Flash and Lights. Yeah. Flash, I, I, I Wonder is definitely one for me. Flash and Lights is on my um if I'm making a playlist of if I have to make a playlist of the 10 best Kanye West songs, Flash and Lights is like number three, bro. Flash and Light is one of my favorite Kanye songs of all time. And I saw him perform that live. And that was when the tour I went to, my bad, I interrupt you. But the tour I went to, they had on the ticket, like when you buy the ticket, if you suffer seizures, seizures, you mm-hmm. probably shouldn't come see this because all the literally flashing lights and stuff. So yeah. that was a fucking Fern's concert. And he performed. One thing I will say was was annoying about Kanye. Show my post to start at eight. This nigga show up at 840. But then he gives such a fire show, you forget about all of that. So, and then he perform, he'll perform for like two and a half, three hours. So mm. you're not tripping. But anyways, my bad. Go ahead. So I agree with you on your first two. Um, I wonder and flashing lights are definitely top two for me. For the third, I'm gonna go with. I think I have to go with Big Brother. Really, I see. You know what's crazy. I never go back and listen to. I understand the high regard of that song, but that is one of the songs that I play the least from Kanye. If not Big Brother, then Homecoming. But I think I give Big Brother a slight edge over Homecoming. Yeah. Well, see, for me, when when it comes to Homecoming, there was a um, leak of like before Kanye came out with College Dropout, and it was like the heavy hitters mixtape or whatever. And there was an old version of Home. You got to look that up. The old version of Homecoming. Yeah, it was just called Home. Yeah, it was just called Home. And I love that version way better. And then when he came out with it on graduate, because I had heard that when I was a sophomore in high school, the original version of Homecoming. And it was dope. The sample was dope. The beat was fire. So you got to look that up. It's called, I'll probably, I'll find it and then just send it to you. So make sure you got the uh, right one. Also, have you heard um, Kanye perform I Wonder with the gospel choir? Bruh, that is beautiful. Yeah. Yes, that's I don't know beautiful. why. Like you know those songs that just make you emotional for no reason. Like I wonder. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know exactly what you talk about. 
Okay, I found it already. I'm gonna send it to you. All right. Yeah, bro. I heard the I heard this shit back in had to be like 2004. I was a sophomore in high school when I first heard that. So for me, I like the song Homecoming, but it just doesn't do the same for me because I I had already heard Home. And I heard that when I was like 15 years old, and that shit was fucking dope. Mm-hmm. So yeah. All right. So you said I wonder, flashing lights, and homecoming. No, I'm a, I'm gonna say Big Brother over Homecoming. Okay. What's the next one? 808s and Heartbreak. Yep, and that's the one where some people was like, I remember being in class talking with friends, and they're like, "Bro, he ain't got no club banger." I'm like, just because the album don't have a club banger, don't mean it's trash. I love this album. Oh, I love the 808s and Heartbreak, bro. Like, that's the album that Kid Cudi and Drake said that made mm-hmm. them become who they are. Like, without 808s and Heartbreak, we wouldn't have Travis Scott, Kid Cudi, or Drake. So, what's up? And Kid Cudi was helping, uh, helped write. I think Kid Cudi wrote um, Welcome to Heartbreak, the song that he's on. I think he wrote oh. that, most of that song. Oh, I, bro, I played the hell out of 808s and Heartbreak. You had the fire-ass Lil Wayne feature. Oh, see you in my nightmares. You had the dope Jeezy feature on Amazing as well. Yeah, I the used to song, that was a Jeezy song before I realized it was Kanye's song. Oh, did you really? Yeah, <laughs> bruh. And then you had Say You Will, the first song, which had like two and a half minutes of just a beat and no, no mm-hmm. verses or anything like that. Shit. I remember when we first heard the uh, anything from the album, he performed, I think it was Love Lockdown on the MTV Award. And everybody was like, man, that's different. And he had a fucking mullet mohawk as well. I remember seeing the video for Love Lockdown on 106 and Park, and they had to censor part of it because there, really? there's like some nudity in the video. Oh, uh, I guess it was. I don't even remember that. Like when um the women have the body paint on and you can, you know. Oh, kind of, okay, okay. Yeah, they censored that. And that was that made me like want to go and search out like the real video. <laughs> because at the time it was like people didn't censor videos like that. So yeah. Dang, 106 Park, 106 and Park was still on that thing. Was that with, was that still with Terrence J and Roxy or had it yeah. started going to like Bow Wow and all these other people? No, nah, I'm pretty sure that was still Terrence and Roxy. Oh, okay. Because this album came out, let's see, this album came out January, on oh, New Year's Day, 2008, January 1st, 08. I was 20. I think I was a junior in college. I don't need to know how old you were. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't know if you want me to answer that. And then after that was my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. We talked about that album already. We didn't do top three for it though. First of all, I want to say there's not a lot of rappers. I think we've talked about this before. There's not a lot of rappers that has a string of their first four and five albums that were this dope. Like his first five albums were pretty much either a classic or like a fucking B plus. I don't know if anyone else has done that. Bro, because even Jay Z has some missteps. I'm about to say, yeah, ends. like the um the first in my lifetime wasn't that good. Oh <laughs> uh, no, people did not feel because he started sounding kind of pop on that yeah. first in my lifetime. It ain't I can't like even like rappers like Rick Ross. He makes a string of like good cool al- yeah, good right. albums, but not necessarily classic stuff. Like no one had the run like Kanye did in his first four or five albums, bro. Like, that shit is crazy. He was bringing out that type of music. And then My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, I already said, um, what, Devil in a New Dress, that's going to be in my top five Kanye songs of all time as well. Mm-hmm. That's going to be up there as well. That's up there. 
Blame game was fucking fire, but it's gonna be Monster, Devil in a New Dress, and All of the Lights. That's my favorite three songs from that album. So I would say Devil in a New Dress, So Appalled, and probably I'm trying to decide between Power and All the Lights. I love Power. I, mean, I think I'll give it to Power, actually. I'll give it to Power over All the Lights. I think for me, and the, have you heard the original version of All of the Lights? It's got like Drake on it, and I think Drake and maybe somebody else, but Drake's on the original version. I think I might have heard that. Yeah, he's on the original version. But you know, Kanye's good for recording one song, 17 different versions of yeah. it, and all of that and stuff. So then after that, like we talked about, was that uh, Yeezus after My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? Yeah, I really didn't like Jesus, so I don't even know if I have a top five. No, I don't. We don't even need to, bro. Like, actually, well, actually, it was Watch the Throne before Jesus? I think. Yeah, it was. It was that was like 2012, I think. Yeah, Watch the Throne came out on dang January first, 2011. I wonder if oh, that's wow. real. Hold on, let me look it up. No, that sounds right. I do remember it came out when I was in grad school. That I was didn't realize it. No, I'm about to say it came out August 8th, 2011. But on Apple Music, it says January 1st for some reason. Mm. Yeah, That's I remember because it, it came out my first year in grad school. That's my first year of grad school going into that fall. Because we went on a, I remember going on the tour. We went to the, uh, we went to the uh, concert here in Atlanta. Oh, wow. Actually, we drove to Atlanta and went to the concert and it was fucking but that concert was dope because they would do like three songs together and then Jay-Z would do like three songs by himself. Then Kanye would do three of his own songs. Then they'd come back and do songs together and then they would keep doing that. And that shit was so, that shit was dope. How, how long was that concert? That sounds like it had to have been like three hours. That concert was about two hours, about two, two and a half hours. It was a nice long concert, bro. I think they did a, a total of like 30 songs. Wow. They did a lot of songs, bro. It was, it was a dope, it was a dope ass concert. So yeah, I love Watch the Throne. I was one of those that I was like, I wasn't excited about. It. I was, like, I don't know, is this gonna be dope? I, I was thinking, does Jay Z even still got it? Cause the first song they came out with was him, and I was mm. like, they, they sound like they're trying to sound like these new niggas. So yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't really feeling it. Then when I heard that album. I was like, oh, no, nah, this shit cold. This shit dope as hell. So, now that I'm looking at the track list for Yeezus, I think the only song I actually like is Blood on the Leaves. That's the only one? Let me see. What's What else? Let me go back. Yeezus. So, oh, I, ain't gonna, I did fuck with Black Skinhead, New Slaves, Blood on the Leaves, and Bound 2. Those are the four songs that I like. You didn't like Black Skinhead or New Slaves? Not really. The only one I re-listened to still is Blood on the Leaves. Damn. Then after Yeezus was what? Life of Pablo? Yeah, that, that was kind of mid too. That was very mid. Like, Have you heard the original version of Father Stretch My Hands with Saha? Yeah. Saha kills that. No, that I, I don't know why he took him off of that. But Father Stretch My Hands, the beat was fucking dope, but he should have had Saha on him. Life of Pablo was mediocre, but that's the album where all the all my young all my young folk that like Kanye, that's one of their favorite Kanye apps. They think that Kanye can't miss anymore. And I'm just like, I don't have y'all heard his early shit? Like, have you heard his early shit? Like, that's just wow. Shout out Honestly, to Kanye. The best song on Life of Pablo doesn't even have Kanye rapping on it. 
what is it? What you say? Uh, ultra light beam. I do love ultra light beam. I love waves. Real Wait, friends yeah. is dope. Real friends is dope. Waves is cool. Thirty hours is cool. Like you have some, you you have a bunch of songs that are cool that they're all right or whatever. But I won't be mad if I never heard the album again. Put it like that. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad if I just never heard the album again. And it's disappointing. Then after that was was that a yay that came out the one I where I heard that album. He was like, I hate being bipolar. It's awesome. Now I will say. Because I be out here depressed and sad and shit. I love that album. Getting drunk to and being sad and listening to that album. It's a great feeling, to be honest. But it's not like, man, I love this Kanye album. I Have Have you even listened to the newest Kanye album? Donda? Um, Donda? Yeah, I listened to Donda. I haven't even listened, bro, as well. I have not played it once. It's fine. Like, it's not bad. It's, it's average. Like, it's okay. You'll like some of the songs, not yeah. others. <laughs> it just has so many damn songs on that shit. But the thing is, like, a lot of the songs are, like, repeated, but it's, like, a different version. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I ain't even, I ain't even listened to it. And to be yeah. honest, Drake's album for me came and went. I was bumping that for a week, and I ain't went back and listened to it again. Yeah. I, I still think Certified Loverboy was better than Donda. Um, I don't even care, like, who's better. I'm just saying, like, for, to be honest, my favorite album of the year so far is Isaiah Rashad. That's that's my favorite album so far. Oh, that one? Yes. What albums came out so far this year? I can't fucking remember. But uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be back, folks. That was our, I guess, our Kanye segment. So anyone who hated Kanye, y'all probably already stopped listening. Um, or whatever. You are back. Okay, so I'm interested to hear what your reaction is to what I'm. Oh, actually, dang, that didn't come out this year. That came out in 2020. Well, well go ahead and say that one then. Okay, so I, for some reason, I thought this album came out this year, but my favorite album of last year was um The Voice by Lil Durk. I ain't even listening to that shit, bro. I, I can't understand half the shit he be saying. What you mean? He's not like a mumble rapper. Like he's he's, he's not mumble, but. He be like, sometimes he's like kind of offbeat and kind of onbeat, and and man, I I get it. Like a lot of like, he must be dope because a lot of the people from my age group think that he's dope. And I like, I heard most of the people who are like hip hop heads, they mm. say that he's like one of the best rappers of the younger generation today. I I agree. Yeah, that's what I hear most people say that he's one of the he's probably the top rapper of the younger age group. Well, well, no, I, I wouldn't say he's the, so there's like, to me, there are like different classes of rappers right now. Like you have like the younger conscious rappers who you can tell they're trying to like keep the nineties alive, like Freddie Gibbs and Griselda and all that. First, hold on, hold on. Freddie Gibbs is not one of the younger rappers. Oh, okay. But he's still popping right now. That's what I mean. Like, I know he but started. Freddie Gibbs is old. Freddie Gibbs is okay. my age group. <laughs> but, um. But I mean, he just blew up like with what bandana and Alfredo. I feel like he just grew, blew up in the last two to three years. Yeah. yeah. So um, you have people like that. You have like the younger trap artists, which actually a lot of the trap music being made right now is very good. 
Like, it still trips me out. I didn't even know these niggas was considered trap rappers. Like, I didn't know because it's so different than the trap music I grew up on. I just, and it's no shade. I just, I didn't know Migos was considered trap music. Yeah. Th- yeah. Shit. You shit me. Like, so who are some of the other trap rappers today? Dirk, Lil Baby, um, Pooh Shiesty is really good. He's a newer oh, yeah, guy. It's, it's Dirk and Lil Baby who are the two rappers that I hear everybody say they're probably the best rappers of this younger age group. Two of the yeah. best ones. Um, Pooh Shiesty is really good. I have no clue who he is. He's from Memphis. Memphis has a lot of really good rappers right now. That's what it sounds like. You got that one nigga from Louisville also, ESTG. Oh, I didn't know he was from Louisville. Yeah, he's from Louisville. Like, I've Um, only heard a couple songs from him. Moneybag Yo. He's really good. People love Moneybag Yo as well. I know that he's popular. Young Dolph still makes really good music. You know what I think it is for me? I think I'm just now, not even my age. It's just where I where I'm at in life. I mm, listen to mm. way more R and B first of all. That's what I listen to first though. R and B. Like anybody who spent enough time around me probably knows it's R and B first. I'm a hip hop head. I love my rap, but it's kind of hard to keep up with all this shit. And it's just I think I might be at that age where it's like I don't know what the fuck is going on. So I don't even try some of the newer stuff anymore. Like. But there are some new rappers I like. Like I love Deontay Hitchcock, who's mm-hmm. dope. Deontay Hitchcock's dope. Collaborate, who's from the West Coast, he's dope. Like I said, Isaiah Rashad, I fuck with him as well. Like there are young rappers I listen to, but I feel like I don't know any of the popular young rappers though. I don't like I know who they are. I just haven't listened to the popular. I mean, Lil Baby is probably the most popular. Oh, that's that. I wasn't even thinking of Dirk. It's Lil Baby who I said most people. Most of the people I know say uh, Lil Baby is like the best rapper of the young. It's ones. it's between Baby and Dirk. Like they're the two pop. They're the two those, most popular right now. Those are the two names I hear the most. Yeah, I like Lil Dirk a little bit more, but I also love Lil Baby. Yeah, I I can't understand these names. Fuck they. Be but also, Lil Dirk is not new either. Lil Dirk has been rapping since like '09. I thought I had heard his name for a long time. Yeah, I think that's why I like him more because I kind of grew up with him because he was making music when I was in high school. And like, like, he's, I'm, he's I'm, young, but he's got kind of the old style, right? Actually, uh, how old is this nigga? I'm going to look up how old this nigga is. Oh, damn. He's uh he's 28. Never mind. Oh, I thought but he was younger. I, I thought I had been hearing his name since I was in college, though. That's what I thought. Yeah, he's been rapping since like 2010. Or 2011, around that time. Yeah, um, but that's that's like when drill music was still like a street thing and it wasn't mainstream. Yeah, and white people yeah. didn't latch onto it yet. Right. That's when drill music lived on YouTube and you didn't hear it anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. It was just on YouTube. <laughs> oh, he's been making music since then. And that's why I think I like him a little bit more is because I'm Probably. proud to see like how he's grown since yeah. then. Yeah. So for me, okay. So talk about the rappers that meant the most for you in like your college era for me that's why like i I was in college during like the mixtape era like high school and college was the actual mixtape era and that's why for me it's it's the childish gambinos it's mac miller's big crit it's drake drake started popping when i was in college it's Mm -hmm. wale it's big crit it's um logic big shine J. Cole, like all of those came from my era of college, that 08 
to like 2010, like even 2011, Chance the Rapper, like all of them came from that same era. And those rappers, of course, the OGs like Jay-Z that I grew up, Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube that I grew up listening to. But in college, it was those rappers that I just fucking fell in love with. And I loved all of those. What rappers are like that for you? So top three rappers when I was in college, definitely Kendrick, Cole, and Drake. Like they, they were like the Nas, Jay-Z, and who would you say was the third person in that, in that era? For you, while you was in college? I'm talking Snoop. about for like Nas and Jay-Z. Who would be a good third oh, person? Like Snoop? Think if you go over the long, like if you think, if you got to think about longevity though, because Tupac passed away, of course, Biggie passed away and all that. I say probably DMX, DMX though, DMX. But anyway, like you could say, you could say all these can be interchangeable depending on who you are. It could say Jay Z, Nas, DMX, Snoop. You could say Ice Cube. To be honest, you could say all five of those people. Mm. But no one, most people aren't going to put Ice Cube with those four other rappers though. But he was a little bit before them. Yeah, because, I mean, he came out in, like, 88 with N.W.A. Yeah. And so, so so Kendrick, Cole, and Drake were, like, the Nas, Jay-Z, and Snoop of my generation. Yeah, which is wild because... So, because by that time you got in college for that, they was already becoming those big stars. For me, when I first started hearing them, didn't nobody know who those niggas were. And back in the day, nigga, when I was in college, didn't nobody listen to J. Cole. Like, I remember... You know how I first discovered Jake? Yeah, when I first discovered J. Cole, it was on MySpace. That's how long ago it was. Like, it was randomly, because, so, Jay-Z had just started Rock Nation, right? Rockefeller had ended, of course, a couple years before, mm. and Rock Nation started. So I go on the Wikipedia page for Rock Nation, and it shows the artists that he had signed, like, these different artists. And one, and so I was going, I would click on each artist to see what it led me to. And when I clicked on J. Cole, he didn't have a Wikipedia page. And it sent me, I clicked on J. Cole and the link sent me to his to his MySpace page. And it had his, his early mixtapes, the warm-up and the come-up. It was on his uh it was on MySpace. So I started listening to some of the songs from the mixtapes, and I was like, this shit is fire. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, this feels like that 90s feel. Like it felt mm-hmm. like I'm in the 90s again. Like he would be yeah. rapping like Wu-Tang and all them niggas. Like I felt like I could put on some Tim's. And a bubble coat and just stand out in the cold with a camera on us and that's how the old rap videos used to be so i started listening to that and i remember oh and random bob was in that same era and i thought bob was going to be the next biggest rapper but yeah. obviously i was wrong but <laughs> so i remember i remember i would i remember telling my homeboy rodney my homeboy that we were so close in college i'm like hey dog you gotta listen to this new dude named j cole he just signed to jay-z's rock nation he's fire and my boy rodney talking about Nah, I'm good. I got enough music that I listen to. I don't need no new stuff. I don't need something messing this up. I'm like, well, who says some shit like that? Yeah. So I said, look, bro, if I'm listen to him, if you don't like it, I will give you ten dollars. I'll give you ten dollars if you don't like it. He said, all right, bet. And this was at the beginning of winter break. Our winter breaks was long as shit. We had five weeks for winter break. Five weeks. So two weeks later, he texted me, said, "Hey, G, I should give you ten dollars for putting me onto this because this nigga's dope, bro." I didn't think it was going to be that dope. He said, when we get back to school after winter break, I got uh, lunch on me, bro. I'm, I'm going to buy you some Taco Bell. I was like, I bet. Cool. But back then, 
people used to say Jay Z, uh, J Cole's boring. He makes you sleep. No, some people, some people in my age group still said that. But it was a lot of people saying that back then. It wasn't until Forest Hills Drive where he started becoming what he is now. Before Forest Hills Drive, he had his loyal fan base. Like mm-hmm. he's always had a loyal fan base. But most niggas did not fuck with him. And then Forest Hills Drive started changing some people's opinion. While there's definitely still a nice amount of people that say he's boring and they don't like him and he's sleepy and all of that. But when I was 20, bro, none of us ever saw J. Cole becoming who he is now. I kept fighting for this nigga and telling everybody how dope he was. But you would have never thought that he was going to be one of the top three rappers of the last 10 years, bro. And it's just crazy to really see. And it's really been Drake, J. Cole, and Kendrick. I thought Wale was going to be on the same level as them, though. That's what I thought back in the day. And it just wasn't. But, yeah. And I remember the first song I heard from uh, Kendrick. The very first song I ever heard from Kendrick was ADHD. You know what I'm talking about, right? ADHD. Yeah, yeah, I know ADHD, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was the first song because Jay-Z had a website called, I think it was called Life and Times. I think it was the website. And they posted that video on there. I was like, who is this dude named Kendrick Lamar? No, it said K-Dot. That's what it said. And I clicked on it and I was like, bro, this shit is fire as hell. But back in the day, bro, you could see Drake becoming one of the top rappers. You you could see that coming. But you did did not see J. Cole. You, You... no one saw that. It was so many people hating. But I tell people all the time, because J. Cole, he's the definition of, I fuck with the people who fuck with me. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't like, while Wale, that's one reason Wale didn't get bigger. Because Wale used to whine and complain about people not respecting him. And these motherfuckers don't love me. And he would get mad when Complex would do the top rappers of the year. And he wasn't in the top 10 or top 15. And he would complain and bitch about it. And people like stop fucking with him because like this nigga always whining like bro, you Wale was like J Cole. You have a loyal fan base that loves you. Quit worrying about the people who don't fuck with you. But he wasn't thinking like that. J Cole stuck to it when he came out with Born Center, and I remember he was like, I remember he was on Twitter, bro. I know I'm going on a long rant talking about this, but he was on Twitter, bro, talking about I'm in the New York area. If you bought my album, post a picture and DM your address and I'll come and holler at you. And people was doing it. And he was really going to their apartments and they will post pictures with J. Cole. And that was with the short haircut J. Cole back yeah. in the day. That was Jermaine Cole, bro. That was light-skinned Jermaine. And he was going to niggas' apartments, bro, out in the projects in the hood and shit and sitting there for 20 and 30 minutes at a time talking with him, talking about the album, listening to the music, bro. That's what made him who he is now. That's why... He don't give a fuck. He's going to make this music and he's not trying to make commercial music. I, I don't listen to the radio, but I'm pretty sure they don't play his shit on the radio still. And he's J. still... Cole? No, yeah. probably not. Not since not since Forest Hills Drive. Right. Forest Hills Drive was... I think that's the only album. Well, his first album, that song he had with Missy. Born Center got played a lot on the radio. Oh, did it? Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, like... I just... Shout out to J. Cole, bro. Like, he's the definition of I fuck with who fucks with me and I'm not going to try to be anything else because after he did like workout and those kind of popular songs, mm-hmm. he was like, I'm never doing that again. Wow. I think workout was a fire song, bro. That was my shit though. It was a good, I don't know if workout has aged that well. When it first came out, it was like a really good party and club song. I don't think a lot of people still like it like that. 
I don't, I don't, but see, I kind of disagree. I feel like you could play that at brunch and my age group would jam to it. I don't know if your age group's different, even though you're not that much younger than me, but I feel like my age group would still jam to work out. That might be a, a good question I have I don't, to ask. I don't think, I don't think mine, I think we'd be like, like what's going on? Like, <laughs> like why is the nigga, why is this nigga playing yeah. this? <laughs> I, don't, I might be wrong, but because I mean, I do know a lot of people who still like I just went to the J. Cole concert in Orlando a couple weeks ago. Like Did people went. Like, yeah, people went crazy when he played that song. But I feel like if you were to play it like at a club, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm not thinking about club. I was thinking about like being at brunch and I feel like at brunch, my age group would jam to it, bro. I just feel I feel like they would. But my age group might be the only age group that plays it because that came out when I was in college too, though. So I think everybody who was in college at that time. Oh, that came out like my senior year of high school. So that was what, 2011? Was that 2011? What was that? That was on um, Sideline Story? I think it was Sideline Story, yeah. So yeah, that, well, that might have come out my junior year of high school then. I got to look. I'm going to look it up. It came out on June 27, 2011. Yeah, June 27, 2011. So I was going into grad school when that came out, actually. So I was going I was, into my junior year of high school. I, I was going into my first year of grad school when that came out. And I remember everybody was bopping to it, but Nas hated it. Nas did not fuck with it. So. But now, Jay, did, Nas, did Nas actually say publicly he didn't like it? Or was that just... No, something? no, no. He had a conversation oh, with J. Cole. And yeah, then yeah. we only found out because J. Cole made that song, Let Nas Down. Yeah, which is a, which is one of my favorite J. Cole songs. You know, I don't never go back and listen to that song that much. No, think about and it. I thought it was really cool that Nas did the remix where he was like, it's all right. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Like, that was dope. But yeah, it's just wild for me. It's it's kind of the same, like, saying that I never saw J. Cole becoming this. I always hoped he would, but I always just thought, man, he ain't never going to get the respect. But it's the yeah, same. Yeah. Now you say that it wasn't until Forest Hills Drive that people yeah. that people started comparing him to Kendrick. Yeah, like it wasn't until for, 2014 Forest Hills Drive was the first time I'm like, damn, niggas is showing him love actually. Yeah, because like it wasn't a lot of like he wasn't popular for like mainstream women, mainstream chicks or whatever. Like he was he wasn't popular for mainstream period. It was the only hip hop heads, men or women. Mm. Those are the only ones that was fucking with him. And then he blew up. It's the same thing. I was telling one of my students the other day. I said, you got to understand. For me, it's weird to see people showing this much love to LeBron James. Because I grew up in a time where people fucking hated LeBron. Said he's never going to win a championship. He's never going to get a ring. He's a failure. I kind of remember that. Yeah. Bro, like, and then when he went to Miami that first year, they hated that nigga. And yeah. was on his ass and his case uh, all the time. So now that like you have a younger generation that grew like for the younger, like younger than you, the people, my students who are 18, 19, 20, 21, LeBron is their Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like, he's their Michael Jordan. So it's wild for me to see that because I was used to LeBron kind of being in a sense, in a sense, he was the underdog in a way. Because people hated him so much. And now they show him love and actually respect him as one of the greatest players of all time. But William ain't used to that shit. Like, it's weird to see. So now that they're showing him love, it's just kind of confusing. Like, this getting older thing is weird, bro. 
Mm-hmm. It's just it's just weird to see that them showing him love. So it's kind of the same thing. It's crazy to see that J. Cole's one of the top three rappers in the world. Like it's crazy. Like you saw that happening with Drake. You can see that happening with Drake. And then it like, felt like stuff. Drake was selected for that. Yeah, it felt like yeah, it felt like he was selected for it because the moment he came, I mean, with his first big song was um the best I ever had was yeah, breaking yeah. records. Like he's I mean, he was on fucking uh the grassy. He was a child. It was actor. like it was like Lil Wayne sat him down in front of everyone and just put a crown on top of his head. Basically, it was like if let's say if Lil Wayne is Kobe and then the Lakers drafted another star to replace Kobe or whatever. That's basically what that was. And so that's just crazy. That's just crazy. So we saw that happening with Drake. And then- I feel like Kendrick kind of forced people to think of him like that by doing the control verse. And then when he when he made um, Good Kid Mad City, it was a rap. Yeah, because that wasn't even his first album, but technically it was his first major studio album. Yeah. So a lot, of pe- a lot of people just had never heard of him before that. But when he came out with um, what's the um, the oh, bitch don't kill my vibe, bitch don't kill my vibe was already sending him up the charts. Control made it even crazier. I always say, control was that change in hip hop where because hip hop was kind of stale and yes, boring was, for a little yeah. bit, and when he came out with that shit, changed after control, bro. Yeah. Hip hop really did get better after control. And the fact that he named names and all the people that he named was actually his friends. So they didn't take offense to it. But then everybody really stepped their game up when control came out. So I've always fucked with that. Another rapper, I thought Big Sean, I, I really thought Big Sean was going to be on the same level. He was on the same level as them for a little bit. But Big Sean is kind of like, I'm trying to compare him to someone else. For me, like Big Sean can really rap when he, he wants can. to. He's yeah. just not, he's not consistent with it. I don't think he loves it as much as like a Kendrick or somebody. Mm. I don't, I just, Definitely. I think he's got other, I think he's got other interests and there's no shame towards him. He's really good at it, but he also has other interests as well. And he's like, the music isn't his number one thing. But when Kendrick gets in the studio, you can tell music is his motherfucking thing though. When Kendrick yeah. gets so in the studio. The first time I heard Kendrick, it was um he performed swimming pools on some late night talk show i forget which one it was but um this was at a time where kind of like you said i was kind of like bored with rap i felt like yeah. everything sounded the same it wasn't as creative and then i heard kendrick perform that song and it blew me away the very first time i heard it i was like who is this i need yeah. to find more of his music and then a couple weeks later he performed um poetic justice on saturday night live uh, and, I remember that now. And when I heard the Janet Jackson sample, I was like, all right, I'm sold. Like, I'm a Kendrick fan for life now. Yeah. Kendrick is an artist in every sense of the word. Like, his performances, like, I remember he performed on Ellen and Stephen Colbert. And he had, like, while he was rapping, he had people painting pictures. And they was painting what he was rapping. And he had ballet dance, black ballet dancers and shit, like. He's an artist in every sense of the word. Of so I remember when he performed one of his untitled songs on Colbert. This was like, oh yeah, this was like ten years before he dropped the untitled album. Like, cause no, I ain't gonna, not ten years, bro. Not okay, that was an exaggeration, but a few <laughs> years. Because at first, like the only way I heard that song was I would have to go on YouTube and look up the yep. performance on. It was Colbert. like it was like three or four years before. Yeah, and yep. it didn't have a name. I was just looking up like the 
Colbert Kendrick performance to listen to it. And then I didn't like the version on the album as much because it didn't like, like when I said about Kanye's home. I didn't. Yeah. I like that way better than Homecoming. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he performed it live, like he put so much emotion into it and he was like getting like worked up and aggressive as he was yeah. rapping. And that made it really cool. And the, the one on the album just doesn't have that same emotion. Bro, Kendrick was it's Kendrick was really born for this. He was meant to be this rapper. That's what he was born to do. Like, I feel like there's other like other a lot of most other rappers. They're good and they're talented at it, but they just happen to do it. They fall into it and it's yeah. fine. But somebody like Kendrick, he was born to be a rapper and an artist. Like for me, Drake was born to be an entertainer. He was born to entertain and entertain people. And he it happens that he's really good at rapping and being and can be a fucking lyricist when he wants to. Yeah. But Kendrick was born to be a fucking rapper. Like Big Sean's good at it. He's good at it. He wasn't born to be it. Kendrick was born to be a rapper. Like they're even like in all kinds of industries. There's people I work with in higher education. And I'm like, oh, they was born to do this shit. They was born to work with college students. They was born to do yeah. all of this. Kendrick was born. He's he was born to be a rapper, a rapper and an entertainer and a lyricist and entertain us and shit. He was born for this. And I'm just, it's like LeBron James was born to be a basketball player. He was. He was bred to do this. It's kind of like he's Drake. He's Drake. Like, you knew, they knew at 15, LeBron mm. was going to do, do this. Like, you don't know. I mean, you never know if someone's going to win championships and all that because that's not in their control. But you knew that at 15, oh, this nigga. Because I remember, it's just like I was talking about the other stories. I remember back in the day and them playing, he was the first high schooler I ever remember them playing on ESPN on a Friday night, playing his games. And they had to move his games from the high school to, uh, to um, what's the school? Akron University. Oh. And he had people like fucking Shaq, Darius Miles, all these NBA players at his game. And he's a fucking junior and a senior in high school, dog. Like, what was, was, what was LeBron's first season? What year was that? He got, he got drafted in fall. He got drafted in summer 03. So it was 0304 was his first season. Cause I remember this might have been like 05 or 06, like still before like long before he was a superstar. But um my cousins and I, we went to a magic game and they were playing the Cavaliers. Oh, and okay. my cousin wore a Cavs jersey, a LeBron jersey. And we were like, What are you doing? Like, we're in Orlando. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, bro, I'm repping because like LeBron is gonna be the next big thing. He's gonna be a superstar. And so I'm going to support him. And we we're like, all right, like. You crazy but but when we went like he played a good game it wasn't like you know at the level he plays now but he was really good yeah so we we're we we're like okay you might be on to something so it's yeah. weird thinking about that and then seeing where he's at now bro i'm saying bro that's it's shit's weird bro like i remember his first game it was against the uh it was against sacramento it was against the sacramento kings and I grew I was a huge Sacramento King back, fan back in the day because you got to realize Sacramento Kings was actually good back then. Like Chris Webber, Mike yeah. Bibby, Paige Stoyakovich, and all of that. And I just remember his first game, LeBron, LeBron's first game, it was like he had like 23 points, like 14 rebounds and eight assists. And you're like, oh, shit, this nigga. I remember I, had, I was like 15. And I remember it was the late night game. It was the like, you know how they have the 8, the 8 p.m. game and 1030 game. 
it was the 10 30 p.m game and i was gonna make sure i watched that shit because it don't matter like how all these people zion williamson anthony davis all the hype around these players coming into the nba none of this shit matches lebron when he came in bro like if there was social media back then when LeBron came in, oh my gosh, it would have been fucking crazy. Like, it was so much. I remember he got suspended for several games because um, fucking Maverick Carter, who's his business partner now and doing dope shit, I think he had like got, uh, sold or bought or sold some like NBA jerseys. You know, those NBA jerseys back then was like hundreds of dollars or whatever. And all of that, he got suspended for it. LeBron was in documentaries with fucking Jay-Z when he was 18. LeBron signed the Nike contract for $90 before his senior prom. Dog, it, no matter how, what, how much hype is around, these niggas come into the NBA now. Mm. Shit was different back then. LeBron, LeBron had a different type of pressure. LeBron yeah. had a different type of pressure. And we, I was in a barbershop the other day, and we was talking about all of this. And I was kind of saying the same story. I was like, it's crazy to see where LeBron is now because I remember how people hated him. And I was, and some of the OGs was in there. We saw about Michael Jordan. And I said, I've read all the shit about that. The same pressure was on Michael Jordan. They hated Michael Jordan too before he won championships as well. Like they was on his ass and on his case. Yeah, they was, um, oh my gosh, because I don't think my... It was Michael Jordan didn't win the championship, I think, his first seven years. And I think for LeBron, it was his first eight years or something like well, that. Well, I thought a lot of people liked Michael Jordan in college at UNC. Yeah, in college, just like a lot of people liked Mike, uh, LeBron in his first year, in first two years. And then they love you. That It's the same. First they love you, then they hate you, then they love you again. And it's so fucking true. Like, they love you at first because they're like, man, this little young person coming in and killing and then they're like, okay, they still kill him. Then they're like, you ain't winning championship, though. Fuck mm-hmm. you doing? Like, you fucking suck. I, bro, this nigga still ain't winning championship. He's trash. And then finally they win a championship. Like, oh, he's the greatest player right now. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's so fucking true how that saying is. And they hated Michael Jordan until he won the championship. It's the same with back in that Magic Johnson. It was like that, too. Magic Johnson, the original coach for the Lakers, he told them, was like, look, we need a new coach. And they technically, basically got that coach fired. Then Kareem Abdul-Jabbar got traded to the Lakers. Then they started winning. But we forget about all of that. And when we're young, like you said, you didn't know that they hated Michael Jordan at first. I would have never known they hated Magic Johnson early on either or whatnot. But, yeah, they hated Michael Jordan. The same hate that LeBron had back in, at one time, Michael Jordan had that hate. Kobe Bryant had that hate after Shaquille O'Neal left the Lakers and he wasn't winning championships. But then when LeBron, when Kobe won those two championships, he is who he is. But it's like with Steph Curry, he got to win championships early on. But now they starting, they hating on Steph again now. I mean, now for the first time. So everybody gets it. It just depends on when you get it and when you're the best. So it's just crazy to look at that, bro. Like the, the greatest players, it's just history you forget history. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't know Michael Jordan. You didn't know they hated Michael Jordan that much because how would you know? Like, how would you know? Because you don't ever hear anybody ever critical of Michael Jordan now because we know the full body of work. And that's well, what's- in- until people compare him to LeBron and then people saying, well, like, Jordan didn't play nobody, so LeBron's better. And I hate when they say that because, like, obviously, like, you know, I'm a huge LeBron fan. But I hate when they say they didn't play nobody. You play who's in your era. 
And if you dominate your era, that's how that matters. Like they tell you that about Will Trent. He played against a bunch of white boys. It don't matter. He dominated his era, though. Like that's all you have to do is dominate your era. And yeah. each era is going to get better. Like the players wouldn't be so great today if it wasn't for Michael Jordan, though. Like, don't you think if Michael Jordan played in today's era, he would have the same type of training as him? Like back in the day, they wasn't doing AAU basketball. Basketball wasn't a year-round sport back in the day. Like they took the summer off, actually. They was smoking cigarettes, doing crack, <laughs> doing cocaine and shit, like and chilling, playing golf or whatever. So it's just you you adapt to the era that you grow up in. You adapt mm-hmm. to it. it's the same way when my uncles and granny used to be like, Yo, y'all got it easy, y'all got air conditioner, y'all car, y'all yeah, got yeah, yeah. and shit. I'm like, I hate we, that too. Should we not enjoy it? Like yeah. Like, am I supposed to be like, well, my uncle didn't have AC when they was kids, so I, let me turn it off. And then I, I catch myself sometimes doing that shit as well. So I can't be so critical of the younger. But every generation is like that. This next generation, they're going to be critical somehow. They're going to be like, back in my day, we had only fans. We had to sell our pussy. Y'all just <laughs> give it up. Like, it's going to be something, some bullshit or whatnot. So, but it's wild. It's just wild to think about that. Like, yeah. Are you at the age yet? All right, we're back. Chicken liquor hour. So I'm 33, you 26, right? Yes, I'm 26. Okay. Right, nigga. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> are you at that age yet where everything's just out of nowhere, everything just starts seeming weird when you get older. Like, you start realizing, oh, I had this when I was a kid. We used to do this. Celebrities were like this. Like, I was telling you, like, my students ask me, what's the biggest difference between celebrities today and celebrities back in the day? And I'm just like, there was more mystique around celebrities when I was growing up. You didn't know what was going on with celebrities at all. Like, yeah, you, yeah, only yeah. Saw, you only saw Tupac when he was either getting arrested, accepting an award, or, like, bringing out a new song or something like we didn't see what was with drake and all these people you can see what fuck is going on with them on a weekly basis you hear everything and all of that or with social media everybody everything's connected like i will go weeks without seeing some friends sometime now you get on social media you can see your friends every day so now that makes it where you don't have to you tell yourself i don't have to call jacory because I saw he posted this on Facebook, so he must be good. Mm-hmm. And we and we tell out like someone texted me last week and was like, "Oh, you look like you enjoying life and you happy. Like you don't understand me. I'm going through some stuff. I'm like, we all going through something. Just because I look happy, I could be sitting on the kitchen floor thinking about killing myself. Like you just never know. Not uh, all right, y'all. Not saying I'm doing that. Actually, I was just making a, you know, a point. Now you're going to get a lot of phone calls as soon as you post this episode. You good? Like, you good, bro? You talking about killing yourself on the kitchen floor? Like, nah, for y'all, I'm good. It's fine. But that was just, like, these are just the biggest differences and shit in life. And it's the things that make me look back and be like, damn, life is so fucking weird. Mm. Are you at that stage yet where you be having these random thoughts? So, I work with undergrads. So, people, by now, I think the students I work with, they were born, like, Oh yeah, and see now that hold on, I'm sorry, but yeah. the longer you work with younger people, the yeah, older yeah, yeah. you're gonna feel. So now you're like, oh damn, 
y'all not just three years younger than me or five years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Now you guys, you got folk who eight and nine years younger than you now. Yeah, so these students were born in like 03, 04, something oh like that's so like, crazy. Like the freshmen, the freshmen were born in like 03 or 04 around that time. So this is gonna be like <laughs> a pretty a pretty dark example of what I'm talking about. <laughs> like a month ago was like the um 20 year anniversary of 9-11, right? Yeah. So I was six years old when that happened. So I was trying to think about like I was in the eighth grade, by the way. I was trying to think about like what significance did this have to my life? And it occurred yeah. to me the world that a lot of these younger students are growing up in, like I remember the beginning of a lot of things that they've known their whole lives. Like what like, like the war in Afghanistan and Iraq. Like I remember when oh. that started when they came up with it. All this yeah. heightened security. Um, you know, like at the airport and at like theme parks and stuff like that. Like I remember keep keep this thought. I was telling them that back in the day, I said when I was growing up, you could walk into the airport with whoever was flying away and walk all the way through the gate and wave to them, wave to them at the window. You could yeah. like anybody could walk back there with them. And now only the people who are flying can go back there. And my students are like, oh my gosh, you could do that. I was like, yes, like security was not serious back then. Mm-hmm. so my bad go ahead <laughs> but like if you try to explain that to them that would be foreign but i remember like when the world changed so even when it comes to like technology entertainment celebrity culture like i remember the beginnings of things that they've known their whole lives yeah i guess so yeah like That's i remember crazy. the beginning of social media the beginning of like when we started to know everything about celebrities i remember like um like when people stopped going outside to play like you know so it's just oh, like yeah. the, the things and, that and that was at a young age for you. Yeah. That's wild, really, to think about. Ain't that wild to think about how much just in your short lifespan, how much thing and now things change so rapidly and so quickly, though. So mm-hmm. it's weird. But yeah, so that's that's how I see myself in relation to them. It's like I understand their world, but I saw I saw a little bit of what it was like before that. And I saw how it changed and they don't know that. See, that's exactly how I was with you, with y'all. Like when I first started working with y'all, like we're close enough in the same era in a sense where we do have a lot of similarities, but then there's still a lot of shit. It's like, damn, man, this is different. It's mm-hmm. it's just really different to see. Like, it's weird to see all the differences between us because I was so used to being people from my same era and my age group where most of us kind of, think very similar we've done the same type of things into the same type of music and movies and culture like today I was playing today it was me and my co-worker and then another co-worker and she's actually younger she's like 25 and then me and my boy we're both 33 and 34 and I made some type of joke someone said something it was like an in-sync lyric and two of us said the lyric and started laughing and my students looking at us like what are y'all talking about she's 21 mm. she's like what are y'all talking about and I said something about um, I said in sync. And she said, who? I was like, I figured like even young people know who in sync is. No. And she and she was like, who? I said, in sync. And she said, who is he? She was like, who is he? And we was laughing. She said, what song did he make? We said, they. She said, Oh, I'm sorry, is he he does is that his pronouns? We're like, no, it's a group. <laughs> Well, I know it's not about pronouns. I said, look, first of all, I love you. I don't disrespect this era at all. But pronouns was not a thing back in the (laughs) 90s. It was not a thing. 
But I said NSYNC is a group. It was a it was one of the more popular boy bands of the 90s. And she said, Oh, I said, don't you dare disrespect Joey Fatone, Lance Bass, like JC Chaz and Justin Timberlake. I said, now you know who Justin Timberlake is. She said, I think Justin Timberlake, didn't he? I said, oh my gosh, what is going on here? We pulled up a song and played an NSYNC song. And she said, that sounds like a Britney Spears song. I said, that's because all that era, all those little boy bands and white girls, all that music sounds the same pretty much. Yeah. She was just like, and she knows who Britney Spears is because, you know, all that drama going on with Britney right now and stuff. So she knows who that is, who she is because of that. But she didn't know who Justin Timberlake was, who NSYNC was. And I'm just like, my mind, I'm thinking that even an 18-year-old knows who NSYNC is, but why would they know them? Like, there's no reason for them to know them. But, yeah. but it's like, yo, it's so easy to find all this music now with all the streaming services and YouTube, and they still don't know this shit. But like, it's like, if, if you didn't grow up in that time, you're not going to know to look for it. Yeah, and that's why I can't be hard on That's why I tell my friend, my friends get me, how they not know who Jodeci is? My man's a fucking 20-year-old. Yeah. They, like, unless their parents or older cousins or something was playing it, how would they know? There's just no reason for them to know this shit. And it's it's just weird, bro, man. It's, it's Now, it's sometimes weird. some some of the students I work with, they do surprise me with what they know, like stuff that oh, I do. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's like, how do you know about this? <laughs> yeah, when... Like one of my one of my former students, she's you actually met her when you was here in Atlanta though. But you know I ain't gonna say no names on. Mm. I don't. Know. I, I know who you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But she grew up with all her older cousins and older siblings, and a lot. All her older cousins are twenty eight and older. Her older brothers same age as me, and that's who she was with. Her older brother and her older cousins and stuff. So she normally knows all the old pop culture that I be talking about, all the old music and TV yeah. shows movies and all that but it always still surprises me when she knows it i'm like hi man how you know that but then she reminds me that she's younger and she's like oh i never heard that before but it'll be like a for them it's a deep cut but for my age group it's a popular song though so like they all gonna know regulators and all of that but they're not gonna know like a random corrupt song or something like that Mm -hmm. But then she'll know, like, a, but she's also from the West Coast. So when I play a corrupt song and she starts sea walking, I'm like, oh, damn, that's crazy. How you know that shit? That's wow. So, but yeah, like, fucking uh, Danalise, ain't nobody gonna know who she is. So it's fine. <laughs> Danalise, she didn't know who TLC was. That's crazy. She hadn't, but maybe I will say she's Cuban and all her, she's first generation Cuban and all the her old uh, cousins and uncles and aunts. They all from Cuba, so they wasn't listening to, they wasn't listening to American music from the '90s and early 2000s though. So maybe I'll give her that. <laughs> I'll, I'll give her that though. But that's one of the things I look forward to about having a kid. Because the reason I know so much older music is because of my dad and like my uncles and stuff like that. Yeah. So I can't wait to have a kid just so I can pour into them all of the stuff I like grew up loving. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I actually I love doing that with my students though, and I love it when I do that with my students, and like I'll play some old school music, and like one of my students, she's really dope. She's twenty one. She's a uh, she's a senior, and she's from Maryland, little black girl, and but she went to high school with nothing but like Asians, and it's so funny because she doesn't know a lot of the hip hop. She doesn't, of course. I mean, she's twenty one, so that means she was born in fucking oh my gosh, two thousand. 
which is wild as hell. But yeah. she doesn't know a lot of that hip hop and stuff from the 90s and early 2000s or R&B and stuff. But I'll play a song and she's like, what is that? And I'll tell her. And she goes and looks at that artist, pulls up all their music and starts saving it, listening to it and trying to figure yeah. it out. Do, do you all know about the YouTube channel of like those twin teenage brothers who will take song suggestions from people and like look up the music and film themselves? Oh, I have seen that before. Yeah. yeah. I saw that on Twitter one time. Like uh, the viral one was when they listened to In the Air Tonight and like the drums yeah. cut them off. Yes, hard. I heard it. Yeah, I, heard, oh, yeah. I saw but that. I, I'm subscribed to their YouTube channel. They've listened to so much other stuff. Really? How, like, how young are they? I think they're like 16, 17. Oh, they're like teenagers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. um, but I was watching one of their videos where they were reacting to um, Still DRE. <laughs> and one of the things they said that I wasn't sure how to feel about it, they said, you know, the thing about this older rap music is like they pronounce all the words. <laughs> that was, that they, they said, said they like, pronounce all the words. <laughs> they said like they really speak clearly, you know? Like, ain't that how it's supposed to be? <laughs> he said, <laughs> they said, man, this is wow, man. They really pronounce the words and shit, bro. Yeah. Hell no. <laughs> My how rap has changed. And so uh, it's just, and then to take this all the way back to the beginning, we I said something about Dave Chappelle. Most of my young students is like, oh my God, he hates women and he's transphobic and blah, blah, blah. And I so I want you to watch it. I want mm. you to watch it special. Because I watched it and I tried to figure out what is it that they, he said that was offensive though? And like, I'm not, I'm not transgender and I'm not a woman. So maybe I'm looking at it too much from a man, a black man, a non-transgender person's point of view. But you gotta watch this because I, I was just kind of confused on why they would be offended because he didn't say anything negative about them. All he did was compare it and say, he said, I'll say one thing. Spoiler alert. So if y'all want to cut it out, this doesn't ruin anything though. But he was just like, why was it easier? Why did people accept it way easier that Bruce Jenner became a woman, but Cassius Clay became Muhammad Ali? That wasn't, that's not from his latest special. That was a couple specials ago. But he, he reiterated it again. Oh, in this okay. Yeah, I, about to say, I remember him saying that in yeah. like the first special he came out with. The uh, Sticks and Stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he reiterated again. And it's just like, okay. but it's true though. Like white people accepted Bruce Jenner becoming a woman way easier than they accept a black man becoming Muslim. Just the same thing with Kyrie Irving right now. They, they don't, white people racist white people y'all hear that racist white people they do not like when a black man has his own opinion or is just different than the regular mainstream shit they don't like are you talking about the flat earth stuff or the anti-vax stuff no i'm just talking about that not not the anti-vax stuff but because i disagree with that obviously but just Maybe not be obvious because you never know who's out here anti-vax. And I'm about to say people don't know you who are watching this, right? <laughs> but I'm just saying it's like Kyrie has his own opinion on obviously everything, and there's a lot of people who every time he has his own opinion, they're just like, I wish he would just shut up and play basketball type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, like we said earlier, there's some things I agree, some things I disagree, but that's not gonna make me just be like he needs to shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, I'm never yeah. just going to say that or whatnot, but there's people, there's white, like, I remember in college, bro, 
I remember my homeboy said to me, said, bro, white people hate when a black man has long hair and just be dancing and enjoy himself. And mm-hmm. I remember like these three white dudes in college, they got mad. They were some Joe Kim Noah when Florida won those two those two championships, championships back to back. I had some white dudes in my dorm room talking about I'm just tired of I'm not racist. No, no, no. Well, we're not racist, but I don't like that he's just out here dancing with his long hair and having a good time <laughs> and celebrating. I'm like, it's these white boys literally just said what my roommate said. So I, um you remember the, I think it was like the Penn State football coach who got in trouble for telling his players they need to cut their dreads or whatever. It, I think it was Penn State. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, that just that just brought that to my mind. And when I was in middle school, I had like a huge afro, like a 70s style afro. And yeah. this was before people knew it was problematic to say this, but so many people used to tell me to cut my hair. Bro, I mean, when I was growing up, black people, we could never, like, at, at a part-time job as a fucking 16-year-old, you're working 10 hours a week, and they would tell you you had to cut your hair for this job. Like, that is why, and now it's so it's dope to see how they accept all of this. I was a middle schooler, and people used to tell me my hair was unprofessional. Yes. I'm like, bro, first of all, why is it unprofessional? Second, I'm 14. I'm yeah. 14. Yeah. Like, and this is a 10 hour, a 10 hour a week job paying $7 an hour. Like, fuck y'all. But it's also wild to see. I got friends in my age group that's still stuck in those ways that's becoming our parents and grandparents. Mm-hmm. And somebody they'll release something on Twitter talking about a student wasn't allowed to walk at graduation because of their long dreadlocks. And I'll see some people I went to college with. I heard somebody, that's what they get. They need to cut their hair and be professional. I'm like, bro, y'all turning into the people yeah. that we hated when we was 15. And so the cycle just repeats itself as well. It's really sad and disappointing to see, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's cold. <laughs> All right, we're coming on the end of this. How should, uh, let's see, how should we end this? Let me ask you a, let me ask you a question. All right, I got a good question. How does happiness today in 2021 compare to happiness five years ago in 2016? What's the difference in what brings you happiness? Or is it still the same? And what brings me happiness? Yeah, how does happiness look for you now in 2021 compared to five years ago? Hmm. That's hard. I think in some ways it's the same and in some ways different. I feel like in 2016, I was a junior in college. So what brought me happiness would be like, you know, going out with my friends, going to parties and socials and stuff like that. Um, Today, I would say to an extent that still brings me happiness, but not not, not as much. No, like I have to be with the right people. I have to be in the right setting, the right state of mind. Like, and I enjoy way more when I get to do nothing and not feel bad about it, which is (laughs) I I have so much stuff to do and so much on my schedule that days when I can just like be at home and do whatever I want all day and not feel guilty about it. That's what really brings me happiness and seeing my family. Yeah. happiness i think a lot more now than it did back then yeah the older we get that's like one of my homeboys said we was talking about somebody about age and all that and my homeboy said i'm trying to get like will 
where you get to the stage where when people invite you out and you don't have to make excuses, you just be like, no, nah, I don't feel like going. They're like, no, nah, bro, why don't you want to go? Oh, I'm tired. I don't feel like going. But you know, when you're younger, you yeah. don't want to hurt people's feelings. You're like, oh, no, I got to, you make excuses about why well, I got to do this and got to do that. And I'm like, no, anyone who loves me and fucks with me, if I tell them I'm tired, they'll understand. Older people understand. Young folk don't understand when you just say you're tired or whatnot. Well, so, no, yeah, so like, I'm not, I'm not going to name him, but my friend up here in Tallahassee, <laughs> you know him. He uh he peer peer pressures me whenever like he wants to go out to a bar or something and I don't want to go. He'll be like he'll try to like guilt me into going until I finally give in. Bruh, and that shit is tiring, bro. Like when you have a full-time career and you got to be at work all day dealing with people that you wouldn't normally be around, it's exhausting. Like you're you're putting so much effort and energy out. And then like now I live in Atlanta, so I'll be sitting in traffic. Like it took me 50 minutes to get home. So like like Somebody you know that lives in Atlanta that went there to school, tall black guy, Haitian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he'd be, bro, you got to come out to this spot, dog. And it's a Wednesday night. I'm like, bro, that's downtown. I'm not coming. He'd be like, bro, it's at eight o'clock, dog. You're good. I'm like, dog, I'm not driving 45 minutes to get home after sitting in traffic and then drive back down downtown Atlanta to go out. Yeah. And then yeah. I got to get And then I get up at six o'clock in the morning. I'm not doing all that, yo. So, yeah, like, happiness is so different as you get older. Happiness now is, I like sitting at home on a Friday night and being by myself, having a drink and watching HGTV. That's my best way to spend a Friday. Oh, my gosh. You're not lying, bro. Like, also, I think it, it would be different if I didn't live in the college town. Because, like, here, I'm so conscious about running into students that sometimes I just won't go anywhere. But if yeah. I lived in the place, like if I lived in Orlando, I think I would try to go out a little bit more because the likelihood of that would be a lot less. It's, yeah, that's true though. That is true. Yeah, because I go out a little bit more since I'm in Atlanta or whatever. Like yeah. when I was in Tallahassee, it was more of just like kickbacks at the crib and all that. But I enjoy, I like being at home. I love I like I enjoy being at home, kicking back at the crib, mm-hmm. not having to put on clothes, especially because. And yeah, that is different. It's it's different for the reasons, and it's different. It's different reasons for not wanting to go out when you're in a city like Atlanta, because there's so much more. It's you got to think about if I'm gonna be drinking, should I Uber? Should I drive because it's gonna be a longer drive, or I'm gonna have to find somewhere to park? Am I gonna have to pay for parking? How much is it gonna cost to get in somewhere? Like it's just so many more factors now. It might be more to do, but it's a lot more factors to think about when you go out. And yeah. then people live further away. Like in Tallahassee, the furthest we had to drive was 20 minutes. And we thought 20 minutes was like, damn, this is long as shit. Now, if something's 20 minutes, I'm like, oh, shit, that's around the corner. Shout out. Yeah. So, yeah. Happiness happiness looks, uh, um, looks a lot different. Um, all right. Wait a minute. What's the purpose of life? <laughs> What's the purpose of life, bro? To me, I say the purpose of life is to become more of who you really are. That's all I say. Just become more of who you really are. Mm -hmm. I would say it's to be satisfied with what you're doing on a daily basis. I hate satisfied sometimes. I'm not trying to disagree with how you feel. Sometimes I hate the word satisfied because that means you're like, I'll just put up with this. I like using the word content better. Just be content. Okay, yeah, that, that is a better word. Yeah. 
So you say the purpose of life is say it to, again. To be content with what you do on a daily basis. That's dope. All right, we're gonna end it with that because that was dope. Shout out. So purpose of life, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> it's to be content with who you really are. Is what you said? No, content with what oh. you do on a daily basis. I changed what he said. All right, say it <laughs> one more time. We're going to end it with how you say it. Okay. The purpose of life is to be content with what you do on a daily basis. And that has been another hour of the Chicken and Liquor Hour. It was dope. Shout out to my boy, uh, Jay Clark. Uh, we talked about a lot of rap, hip hop. We talked about, um, shoot, life, the purpose of life. Talked about how life gets weirder as you get older. So shout out. Say it one more time, bro. Purpose of life. But I just said it like three times. No, I don't give a fuck. Say it one more time. To be content with what you're doing on a daily basis. All right. Shout out. We love y'all. It's been another hour of the chicken liquor hour. Y'all be blessed. Another three hours of the chicken and liquor hour. Shut up. It's been another hour of the chicken and liquor hour. This was like like two and a half hours this time. Almost. Just about. I mean, how they know? I might split it up into two episodes and it might be an hour here and an hour there. So you never know, nigga. True. See, now now you got to say it again. The purpose of I don't. I'm not saying it again. (laughs) <laughs> all right y'all uh it's been a dope what is two and a half hours of the chicken and liquor hour uh y'all be blessed we love y'all shout out to my boy it's my dog dr clark another dope episode reoccurring guest like always he's like the bomani jones of the chicken and liquor hour do you do you know who that is no all right well whatever <laughs> um, <laughs> so um y'all remember what he said for purpose of life whatever Y'all be blessed. Shout out. Love y'all. And y'all have a great week and weekend. Love you, my nigga. Peace out. Be safe. Be blessed. All right, bro. Peace. Until next time. Until next time.